Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I'd like to uh, just start off with a word of prayer this morning, if it be all right. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, how thankful we are for the service today. Lord, thank you for this special day, Lord, recognizing our mothers, how precious they are and how thankful we are for them. And God, I thank you for each and every one that has joined us. And I pray, Lord, that you would come by. I, I have a desire to be a blessing, Lord, a desire to be of a help. And God, I pray that you would get me out of the way. Lord, let your word and your spirit speak to the hearts of each and every one here. May we go away strengthened and, and better equipped, Lord, to serve you, I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. It is Mother's Day. Amen. And we're going to try to help moms this morning. We are uh, going to be in the 17th chapter of 1 Kings this morning. If you'd like to find your uh, way there while I uh, give a little introduction before we get started. But um, I hope that I am growing as a pastor. I I hope that I am having a better understanding of how to be a pastor, learning uh, what what the church needs and what you guys need, what the moms need. And um, Renee has made a comment to me over and over of, of late, and it is just really, I guess, been profound to me, uh, kind of really changed my ministry in all honesty, but this is a comment Renee has made to me over and over of late. No one ever told us that before. No one ever told us that before, right? And it's like we live in our whole Christian life and no one's ever told us that before. And sometimes we don't need to be scolded as much as we need to be told how to live. Amen. And sometimes it isn't a matter of that people are, are being disobedient. It's a matter of they just don't know what they're supposed to do, right? And so uh, in, in the old days, um, you know, even when I was growing up as a kid, often that was kind of the manner of preachers was if you're doing something wrong to shame, you're guilty into doing what was right, right? And, and God knows I've done enough of that. Uh, but my heart's desire is, is to, to help you, to instruct you this morning. And that, that's going to be my desire. So the message is entitled, Help for Mom. So all of you moms that are here, that's my desire is to help all of you. Amen. I, I desire to help you and I believe I can help you if you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And uh, for all of you sisters as well uh, the, that are maybe not moms, uh, this will be a help to all of you. And I guess if, if you sisters don't mind, if the men want to listen in, they can as well. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll let them listen in on the message this morning. Uh, so before I read the scripture, I'd, I'd like to just talk just a little bit. I've been kind of really thinking about the whole thing. Um, would you guys agree with me that it's hard to be a mom? It's just it's hard, right? I mean, right from the get-go, there, there is not only the pregnancy, there's not only the delivery, but, but how many of you would understand that whenever that child is born, you, it's just part of the job description, you're guaranteed some heartache, Right, it's just—it's part of the job, right? You're going to be heartache. There's it's going to be hardship. Uh, there's going to be things you're going to worry about that the man never thinks about. It, it's just—it's just a—it's a hard job, amen. It's a hard job, right? 
And not only is it hard, uh, just the job itself, uh, and I believe it's really been that way from the beginning, but in the day that we live in, in, in 2021, between the fast pace of life and the stress, and, and so often uh, uh, both a man and a woman both working in the home, and just all that there is, and, and then the, the husband is stressed, and, and all of the, so it's hard to start with, and now it's a whole lot harder. Just the stress of life, it makes it more difficult. Uh, women are, aren't just, uh, as in days of old, just staying home and taking care of the house. Now women are expected to do everything. And the cultural message is that you have to be beautiful and you have to be rich and you have to be intelligent and you have to be smarter than your husband. That's the message that we're being told. And we say, well, that doesn't, it does affect us. It does affect us. So being a mom is hard. And living today, it's hard. And the cultural message is hard. And, and the reason I'm saying all this, the reason I'm setting all this up, I, I, have, uh, I have been very critical of, of some of the behavior of the sisters in the church. Uh, but I got to thinking about this, and, I, and I'm going to try and say this as gently as I can. But I got to thinking about, not only is it hard to be a mom, not only is there all the things in the culture and the stress of life, but I got to thinking about how many there are, even in this church, and even sitting here this morning, They've got a whole lot of scars, a lot of baggage, been hurt by husbands, been hurt by sons, been hurt by the pastor, been hurt by growing up by mom and dad, been hurt, just, just a, there's a lot of baggage that comes, so it's hard to be a mom, and then it's hard to be a mom today. And then on top of all that, it's hard because of all the things you've been through that already taint your perception of life. It's hard to be a woman today. And so instead of throwing stones and criticizing and, and um, this is what God says, I want to help you this morning. Is that all right? I want to help you this morning. It's a hard job being a woman. I, I, I joke around with Renee all the time. Uh, it's kind of a standing joke in our house, but <laughs> I tell her on a constant basis, it sure looks like it's a big job being a woman. <laughs> It just looks like that's really, really hard. It, I, it just, I don't want to try. It, it just looks really, really hard to me. But I believe the Bible has something to say to help uh, you sisters. And so of all, if, if you guys are following me at all, of everybody that's here this morning, all the women, uh, and, and even you men, but all of you women that are here, is there anyone here this morning that's ever just felt completely overwhelmed? Amen. Just, just, there's nothing left. I'm just completely, totally overwhelmed, and I can't go any farther. You don't, you don't have to shake your head or agree, but I'm just guessing there's a whole lot of people who've had that feeling. I, I, I'm, I'm completely overwhelmed, and I can't do any more. Has there anybody been so discouraged and so depressed, just thought, this is it? Has anybody ever been there? It's, it's just, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, I think about everything, and as, the more I think about it, the worse it really is, and, it, and, I, and I, I, just, I, I, just, I just can't do this anymore. Have you ever felt hopeless? There's no hope. There, there's no, no solution to my problem. Ever been there? See, these are the things that, that we often go through in life, that women often go through in life. And all of you are wired a little different. All of you maybe deal with those a little different. 
But we want to deal with them God's way. So God understands that it's hard to be a mom. God understands the culture we're living in. God understands all of your scars, all of your baggage, everything that you have happened to you up until this day. God understands all of that. Amen? God understands all of that. And God wants to help you. And I want to help you. And I don't want to, this to be a, a shame on you message. I want this to be a helping you message. I want this to be an encouraging message. Now, I know this doesn't apply to any of you, but I, I, just, I just say it anyways. But have you ever been so mad and so irritated at something going on, you just thought, I quit. I'm done. Ain't doing this no more. Right? See, all of those things, and I could go on and on. I think you get the picture. I could go on and on and on. But I think you get the picture. This is, this is the life that we live. Overwhelmed, discouraged, depressed, irritated and mad all the time. And all of those things probably stem from a real problem. If you're mad, there's probably a reason you're mad. There's probably someone done something stupid that's made you mad, right? If you're feeling overwhelmed and just completely overwhelmed, there's probably a real reason that you're feeling overwhelmed. If you're down and discouraged and depressed, there's a reason you're down and depressed. But do you all see that every one of those, every one of those things is an emotion? It's an emotion, right? And so... Let's look at the Bible and see if the Bible can help us. And, and this is a really good story, a very familiar story in the, in the book of Kings we're going to look at. But as I read this and as I thought about moms, I thought about how hard it is to be a mom, thought about what all of you are going through, thought about how you guys need help and you don't need uh, um, you know, shame on you, but you need a, how's, how do we help? So I believe if you'll listen this morning intently, if you, I have three things for you to write down. I want you sisters to write these down, take them with you, carry them around everywhere you go. Never forget them. Put them on the mirror. Think about them every day. I believe you'll do this. I believe it will, it will help change your life. Anybody here want that? Anybody here want that? Anybody here say, I would rather be happy than to be sad. Amen. I'd rather have a good day than a bad day. Well, we're going to talk about how we can make that happen, uh, and we're going to try and use the Word of God to do that. So let's stand and honor God's Word. 17th chapter of 1 Kings, very familiar story. Verse number 8, we'll start reading. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she was And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And and behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, 
and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the sayings of Elijah, she and he and her house, and did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Amen. You can be seated. That ought to get us excited right there. So, question for you guys. Is this God in this story the same God we serve today. I mean, did he get tired? Did he, did he slow down? Did he get weak? The God who gave this widow exactly what she needed is the same God we serve today. He's not, a, he's not any different. It's the same God, right? So I, I want you, I want, uh, you men can listen, but I want all of you sisters to really, uh, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this word on purpose, but I want you to, you never thought your pastor said this, I want you to feel the emotion of this story. I want you to feel the emotion. Seriously, sometimes we, you know, we all, if you've read your Bible, you know how this story ends and you want to jump right to the end where the barrel never runs dry. But let's go back to the beginning and let's get the, let's get the real story. So this is a real woman in a real place and I want you to feel the emotion. The economy is completely wiped out. There is a famine in the land. Just a little tiny tidbit here, but the land of Zarephath, uh, that is where... Jezebel came from Jezebel, the, the wife of, of Ahab, two evil people. Jezebel's a very evil woman. She came and married Ahab, king of Israel. Uh, she got him to worship Baal. Her father was the king in Zarephath, and, and it was a Gentile place. And that's where Elijah went. So the economy was bad. There was a famine in land. Literally, there was no store to go to. There was no garden to go to. There was no field to go to. Literally, there was no food. And literally, she said, I, have, I, I don't have a lot to make a big meal. I don't have a lot to make a big cake. I have a handful of meal. And I'm going to make a little tiny cake for me and my son. And we're going to eat it. And then we're going to starve to death. Do you feel the emotion? Now put yourself in that picture. You and your son have no hope, there's nowhere to go to get help, there's nowhere to go get food, there's no, you can't work harder, do more, there's no answer, the answer is go, go gather two sticks, make a piece of bread, eat it, and watch your son starve right before your very eyes while you are starving along with him. How many of you think it's a bad day? How many of you think it's a bad day? If you feel the emotion, if we make it real to us, and you think about that being your son, your daughter, your family, your kids, and you in that situation, that is enough to be depressed about. Amen? That's enough to be discouraged about. That's enough to say, I I can't do this anymore. That's a bad day. And and that is a very hard thing. And so it would be hard to say, you know, just look on the bright side. (laughs) Right? It would be hard to say, it's not that bad. It'd be hard to say, oh, you're making more out of it than it really is. She was going to starve to death, and there was nothing she could do about it. That's bad. You know, as good Baptists, we don't want to think about starving to death. I mean, take my head off, that wouldn't be so bad. But 
linger for days and days and days as you literally starve to death, that'd be bad. But what would be worse than that is to watch your kids do that in front of you. Can you imagine your kid crying, Oh, Mommy, feed me. Oh, Mommy, feed me. Give me something to eat. Honey, I ain't got nothing to give you. I just got to watch you die. That story in the Bible where... Uh, um, get the name right. can't think of the name right now. But she had her child and he was going to die. Uh, Sarah's handmaid, uh, Hagar, and uh, had her... And, she, and you know what she did? She, she knew they were going to die, so she put him away, far enough away, so she said, he's going to starve with, I don't want to watch it happen. Can any mothers relate to that? If my baby's going to die and starve and beg, and I, I can't bear it. So this is real. This is real. No hope, depression, overwhelmed, discouraged. You feeling it? So this is the first thing I want you sisters to write down. This is enough to make you want to shout. If you just get this one point, don't get anything else. This ought to make your day. But this is a true statement. And it is a true statement for this widow, but it is a true statement for all of you. But I want you to remember, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how terrible things are, no matter what your emotions tell you, I want you to get this one statement, this one statement. God is thinking about you. God is thinking about you. I want you to think about that. You're at home and, and you're, you're thinking through how terrible things are and how it's the end of the world and just how bad it is. But God is thinking about you. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. The God in heaven who rules the universe, who's running the entire thing says, I'm thinking about you. I got you on my heart. Boy, can we just stop right there and just shout? On my heart, I am thinking about you. Now, God's not like us. See, you're having a pity party. You're worrying yourself to death. You're overwhelmed. You're depressed. You're mad. You're hateful. You're mean. You would think, I would say, if you're going to act like that, I don't want nothing to do with you. But you know what God says? I'm thinking about you. I love you. I'm going to help you. Is it you, sisters, with me? I'm thinking about you. You say... Now, this really was a blessing to me. You can do what you want to with it theologically, uh, but th- th- this was a real blessing to me. <clears throat> you say, how was, how was he thinking about her? Well, I want you to say, she lived in a Gentile nation. She wasn't even in Israel. And, and she was uh, uh, in, a, in a foreign land. She was in a very, very bad situation. And God sends Elijah to her very door with the answer to fix all of her problems. But not only that, Jesus, you can do what you want to with this. Uh, Sister Bessie, I, I thought about you when I was with this. But you, got, you guys do what you want to with this. But Jesus said, on this very story, Jesus said this in the, in the New Testament. He said, of all of the widows that were in Israel, God picked the widow of Jerapheth to send the prophet to. Now, if you get the picture, and I'm not even going to try to explain all this, But do you understand how that woman was singled out and God says, I'm paying attention to her? It was kind of like he was her favorite. Has anybody ever felt that way? Has anybody ever felt like everybody in the whole world had to just wait because God was taking care of you? Has anybody ever felt that way? It's like everybody in the world, you guys just got to hang on because right now I got to help this, I got to help her. 
And I, I don't know how God does it, but he can make everybody feel like you are his very favorite. He can make everybody feel like I'm not paying attention to anybody else except for your problems right now. And that's what he, he was thinking about her. He was, he was focused on her. He was, his mind was on this widow. And he looked down. He said, she's going to starve now. She has no hope. She has no answer. It's a terrible situation. But I am thinking about her. And I'm going to help her. And on the authority of God's word, if you are a born-again Christian this morning, I don't care how bad your situation is. God is thinking about you. When you are at home, convinced everyone has forgot you, convinced that nobody cares, convinced you've got it worse than anybody else, thinking all these thoughts that you that you think all the time, God is thinking about you. I stop shy, hallelujah. Wouldn't it be something if God forgot you? Wouldn't that be something? What if He just forgot? Oh, I forgot she had a problem. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. And we have all these emotions. <clears throat> I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand. I, I know the answer to the question. And I'm not, so I'm not throwing stones. I, I'm trying to help you. But have any of you sisters ever felt like, God forgot about me? I've got it so bad here you're not paying attention. You haven't fixed this yet. What's going on? But can I assure you when you're having that emotion, God is thinking about you. God's thinking about you. See, you can treat him bad. You can say he forgot me. You can complain how he's treating you. But he is thinking about you. And that right there ought to just make you want to shout. Amen? So so don't ever forget that and remember, no matter what it looks like, the God in heaven is thinking about you. So if we go on a little further in the story, so we see that it was a terrible, terrible situation. She, her, her emotions had to just be completely gone. Uh, the, this story is just terribly bad. And so she's made up her mind, you know, there's, there's no, no reason to even have any optimism or hope. I'm going to die and my son's going to die. All of a sudden, this total stranger comes to her door. It's almost a little bit comical. You're going to starve to death. And the man of God who've never met before says, feed me. <laughs> I, I, I got a handful right here. You know, it's kind of funny in the story. He says, go get me something to drink. She says, okay, I'll get you something to drink. He says, feed me. He says, whoa, 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 wait, wait, no, no. <laughs> I don't have anything to feed you with. I have nothing to give you. I have no food for you. Bad situation. Now, in the middle of a very bad situation, God already had a solution to the problem. Do you guys see that? So, she doesn't have any food, she doesn't have any meals, she doesn't have anything, but God already had a, a plan to take care of it. So, point number two. First thing is God's thinking about you. Never, ever forget that. You just have to override your emotions, override your feelings, your thinking. And remember, God's thinking about you specifically, individually, like you're the only one on the planet who needs him. You are being thought about by God. But point number two, God will handle your problem. God will handle 
your problem. Now, now I want to think this through. Just I want to be correct theologically, and I want, to, I want to really help you guys with this. I am not a prosperity gospel preacher, okay? I believe that is heresy. I am not one of these who just stands up and says, you know, if you just believe it hard enough, God's going to do whatever you tell him to. That is not what the Bible says. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God is a bellhop that just is what my waking call, right? He's not a genie in a bottle where you, you believe hard enough and he does what... And that's where a lot of people say, well, I'm believing in God, but he ain't doing what I'm telling him to. I'm trusting God, but he didn't do what I asked. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we believe in God, that God is right. And I'm not going to ask you guys to, 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 to admit to this or whatever, but my guess is every one of you can say, there's been times in my life when I've prayed my heart out and God said no, and down the road I said, whew, thank you, Jesus. You didn't do what I asked. Right? I'm glad he didn't answer that. He had a better plan. I was mad at him. I was aggravated at him. He wasn't listening. He wasn't giving me what I want. But in the end, he was right. And he was thinking about me. And he had a plan to fix my problem. Now, I've been a Christian long enough to know that most of the time his plan is not my plan. Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) Most of the time, what I think God needs to do, he said, nope, I got a different idea. Most of the time, I don't like his idea until I figure out what he's doing. And sometimes it's way down the road. I look back and I say, oh, now that makes perfect sense. You did the right thing. Right. But in between there, we can get a little sideways, can't we? We can get a little sideways. God, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? What's going on here? But God has a plan to handle your problems. So, so, so write that down. God's thinking about you and God will handle your problems. So I want to challenge you sisters just a little bit. And I'm not scolding. I'm trying to help. Are you guys with me? I'm trying very hard to, to, to just help you guys. Okay. But this is a very serious question. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to try and use a little bit of logic here. Okay. Help, help me with this. We've been in this church for a long, long time. A lot of you have been here for a long time. A lot of you have been saved for a long time. We've been through a lot of stuff, okay? We've seen a lot of stuff in this church. Honest question. Honest question. I want you sisters to ask me this, answer this for me. Of all of the times, you know, if you're very old, there's probably maybe been dozens, maybe even hundreds of times you have felt like it was absolutely hopeless, it was there was no answer. It was there was no hope. It was there was it was just doom and gloom. It was worried to death what was going to happen. It was just absolutely. It was the end. It was awful. But looking back over our shoulders for forty or fifty years, did God take care of every single one of those? Can you raise your hand and say, "Yeah, but there was that once God didn't come through." I know I, I'm trying to, I'm trying help, help me here. I'm trying to do this the right way. I know sometimes logic and emotion are, are, are opposing, are opposing each other. But can you guys see if you've been worried for 50 years about what was going to happen and convinced yourself how horrible it was and God fixed it every time for 50, what makes you think your problem today? He's not going to fix Listen, there, there's, some, there's some insanity going on right there. God's taking perfect care of me for 50 years. He's never let me down. He's always been there. He's always helped me. Everything I was worried about, he fixed it. But today, he's not going to fix it. 
That doesn't make sense. Now, the devil does a very good job, we learned in Sunday school, of convincing you, <laughs> oh, it's doom and gloom, there's no hope. He's a very good job at that. But God has never, not one time, failed you. I thought about, you know, I thought about as a pastor of this church, and as a church, I can just think of just multitudes and multitudes. For, for all of the years I've been here, I have to have all the, there's been so many times when there was a physical crisis and financial crisis and marriage, just all different things. And people, oh, we're not going to make it. Oh, it's, and, then, and then you look back and God fixed it. Maybe not our way, but his way, he fixed it. God will take care of your problems. I believe I can say that very, very confidently. God is thinking about you, and God will fix your problems. Now, I asked Renee this question. I was kind of astonished by her answer. I'm not sure I'm going to tell you what her answer was, but I was astonished by her answer. But here's the question I ask, and, and, I, and I, I'm trying to help you guys, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I love you guys, okay? I'm trying to help you guys. But I asked Renee this question. I, I have to ask about some other sister, because if I ask about her, of course, that wouldn't work, right? So I have to ask about one of you guys, right? So I say, when one of the, I said, honey, explain this to me. When one of the sisters gets mad and screams and yells and rants and raves and carries on, oh, I'm so mad, and it acts like the devil, and then they calm down and they realize, oh, that really was nothing to get upset about. Don't they feel embarrassed because they did that? Don't they say, what was I thinking? I just lost my, my witness because I acted stupid because of something that doesn't even matter. Right? Well, well here's what I want to ask you guys. I, serious question. I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to mix a little logic and emotion in here. I want you to, I want you to really think about this. One year ago, one year ago, you were furiously mad can you tell me today what it was about? I mean, you were ready to kill somebody. You was willing to lose your witness. You was losing. You, you, it was your arm. So, man, I could kill somebody. Tell me what it was about. Tell me what it was about. You have no clue, do you? You know why? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those things that you think, I am going to strangle them to death slowly. You don't even know what it was now. What is my point? My point is the devil makes it look really, really big. You're so mad, and it's not big. Because when the emotions go away, you say, oh, there's nothing here. (laughs) Right? Now, what I'm trying to show you is God has a plan. Whether you're worried about what's going to happen, whether there's a bad situation in your life, whether you're discouraged and depressed, whether you feel like everybody's forgot you, whether you're mad at somebody, whatever whatever your thing is, God's got a plan to fix that. And if you just look back over your life, he's been fixing it very, very well for you. If you're a young person, I think you can look back and see God's been fixing it. If you're an older person, you can look back. But God has never failed us. Why don't we start believing God's thinking about me and God can take care of my problems? (laughs) That makes it hard on the devil. Because he's got to paint you a picture that God has left you out. God has forgotten about you. God's not going to take care of you. And you have to believe that, that lie. So, we go a little farther in the story. So, so, number one, God is thinking about you. Number two, God will handle your problems. Every time, always, God will handle your problems. Amen? So, Elijah looks at this woman and he says to her, Give me something to eat. And she says, I don't have anything to give you. And he says this to her. I want you, I want you sisters to get this. 
He says to her, go back, fix me something first, and then whatever's left over, you and your boy eat it, and from this day forward, you'll never run out of anything to eat. Think about that. You're going to die. You're going to watch your son starve to death. You have no hope. But if you feed me, you'll never go hungry again. Now, this is really powerful, sisters. And this is kind of, this is kind of where it really hits, hits home. Let me give you number three. I want you to write this down. Number one, God's thinking about you. Number two, God will uh, take care of your problems. Number three, very, 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 very important. You have a decision to make. You have a decision to make. This woman was faced with a, with a decision. Me and my son can eat this and die, or I can give the man of God first, and he says, I'll never run out of food again. Decision time. Now, I'm trying to help you guys. I'm, I'm trying to help, okay? Someone tell me, I, I know this is, now, now let me say this before I, I want to preface this. I understand how God made you. I, I kid my mom all the time. I tell her all the time. I, I, after I got older, since I figured this out. I say, you can't help but love me. <laughs> it don't matter how bad I am. It don't matter how rotten I am. It don't matter how I treat you. You go love me. I figured that out after I had my kids of my own. I thought, she can't, mom, you can't help but love me. It's inside of you. I could do my mom really bad. She's still going to love me. She can't help it, Brother Charles. That's what moms do, right? So, so we're, moms are kind of wired that way. And, and they're just, they just love their kids. They can't help it, right? And we would even go this far to say, if they don't love their kids, there's something wrong. Because God's put in, in something inside of them to love their kids, right? So I, I, I get all that that's from God. But in this story... This is so very important. If you guys could just get this. In this story, where was all of her attention focused? On self. My needs, my wants, what I should have. Now, a fair question. Is it kind of a big deal you're going to starve to death? That's kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> is it kind of a big deal your son's going to starve? Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. So you couldn't just say this isn't important. But my point being, she was so focused on herself that it was the end of the world looking at self. And what the man of God was asking was, would you put something in place of yourself? And he said, if you'll put your eyes on something else besides yourself, all of your problems will be fixed. That is so powerful. I don't know if that went right over your head or not, but that is so powerful. When you're having a pity party, when you're worrying yourself down, when you're mad at someone, if you'll set aside your feelings for yourself and start putting God in that place instead of yourself, everything will all of a sudden start getting better. The pity party won't be fun anymore. The worry will go away. Uh, the, the discouragement and the anger will go away because you have replaced you with God. And that's what the, the prophet was saying. See, this wasn't about Elijah, this was about God. What he's saying is if you will put God first and put God in your focus, all of a sudden your emotions are going to have to get out of the way. Now, sisters, can I just stop here and say, that's hard. Okay, I'm, I'm not a woman. I, I live with one. I'm not a woman. But I've watched it. That's hard. And I don't, I, I, Brother Charles, is way over my head, okay? We, 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 it's just way over my head. 
But when you guys are really upset, you know, I've shared this guys with you guys a thousand times. I don't understand this. I'm being honest. I didn't understand this. I'm just a stupid man, right? But I say, honey, that's not real. It's real to me. But it's not real. It doesn't matter. It's real to me. You know, it took me a long, you know, I'm a slow learner. It took me 20 years to figure that out. But it is real to her. It, it, she can think that door right there is a swimming pool, but it's real to her. And I say, honey, that is a door. No, it is a swimming pool, and it feels like a swimming pool. And you can't commit. And, and I'm like, but that's not real. It does not matter if it's real or not. This is how it feels to me. And all of you sisters can say amen. All you sisters can say amen. Right? And you got some stupid preacher who doesn't have a better sense than to say, that's not real. Can I tell you that's not helping? Because you're saying, yeah, it is real. It is real. Well, you tell me it ain't real. It is real. So guys, give me, after all these years, he's helped me to understand, you guys don't need to be criticized because you think something's real that's not real. What you need to be is understand how to get that false thought out of your head. And how you do that is quit thinking about yourself. See, if you're having a pity party, who are you thinking about? Self. If you're mad someone did you wrong, who are you thinking about? Self. If you're worried that something's going to happen, who are you thinking about? I mean, every time, every one of those things, it's self, 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 self. How do you quit doing that? If I could dare use Renee, and Renee's come such a long ways, if you guys just can even fathom how far she has come, how much she has grown, it's just astounding. Seriously, I live with a different woman than I married. She is, she is just amazing how far she has come. But Renee has learned, and Renee's been through a lot this year. Most of you don't even really understand. I've been through so much. But here's what Renee has learned. When she wants to act like the old Renee, and now she's learned that that is sinful, there are things she has to do to quit acting that way. And all of a sudden she says, huh, what was I acting like that for? Right? What was, I, what was I thinking? Right? So you have a choice to make, sisters. You can stay thinking about self, or you can start thinking about God. Now I want to ask this question. What would have happened to this widow if she just said, Elijah, I'm sorry, but me and my boy is going to eat today. You're going to have to fend for yourself. She died. God had a plan to fix her problems, and she would have missed it. I just wonder how many days God had a plan for you that you missed. How many days did you spend looking at yourself the whole entire day, and God had a plan to give you a really good day? Any of you, any of you uh, uh, sisters ever get up and, and now, again, this is, this is kind of coming from Renee. And sister, I don't understand it, okay? How you doing, honey? Oh, I'm all right. What's wrong? It's a bad day. Why? Oh, no, it's a bad day. All right? No clue why. I'm crying. I'm mad. I'm, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong. It's just a bad day, right? And I don't understand it, but I do get the fact that that's how women are made, and that's their hormones, all different things going on. I get all that. Here's my, here's my point. I'm not criticizing. That, that's just the way God made you guys. I'm not criticizing. I'm not throwing stone. Here's my thing. I wonder how many of those days God wanted you to have a good day. But you chose to have a bad day because you looked at self. So it's really just a decision. So God is thinking about you, amen? God is thinking about you individually as his favorite daughter. He is thinking about you and all the heaven and everybody on earth. He is focused on you. And God will take care of your problems, guaranteed. But you have a decision to make. Think about me or think about him. 
You say, Pastor, that's way too simple. It's really not. It's really not. You know, I wrote this down. I want to make sure I don't, I want to mess, don't mess this up. Let me get this. See what I said here. <clears throat> you can hold on to sorrow, worry, and depression, or you can hold on to God, but you cannot hold on to both of them together. Wow. You can stay mad. You can have a bad day. You can have sorrow. You can have pity. You can, you can be depressed. You can do all the things. Or you can have God. But you can't do both. Anybody here ever try to have a really, really bad day while you was just dwelling on the goodness of God? God's so good, but I'm so down. You can't do it. It's not possible. When you get your eyes on God, you have a good day. Anybody ever try to be mad at someone or hurt at someone while you were focusing on how good God is? You can't do it. It's not possible. Anybody ever try to have, feel how bad you've got it and how poor little old me? When you're focused on God, you can't do it. You can't do those two things at the same time. So you either focus on self or self focus on God, and that will determine the answer to your problem. Now we know the end of the story, but let's just have fun and finish it. So she's got a barrel, completely empty. Literally, she says, and you imagine how little a woman's hand is. She says, literally, I'm going to reach in there, I'm going to grab every bit of meal, and there'll be nothing left. It will be completely empty. And she decided to stop focusing on her and start focusing on God. And for all of the days that laid ahead, every time she went, you know, there's all kinds of preachers that had all different kind of ways of interpreting that. And I don't know how God did it, but every time she took some out, God put some in. Can I just say it that way? And you couldn't take it out as fast as he's putting it in. And for the rest of her life, her and her son had food and she could after a while, I got to think she said, son, we don't have to worry about food tomorrow because when we keep eating, this guy going to keep putting it in there. Anybody want to live that way? Anybody want to live that way? I'm trusting God. God's going to take care of it. Listen, I know there's a lot of problems in the church. I know there's a lot of heartaches and everything going on. I get all that. But can I just say, do you want to live with the confidence? Whatever I face tomorrow, God is going to take care of it. Or do you want to worry yourself to death that maybe he won't? Because he will, if you will let him. God's thinking about you. God's going to fix your problems. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.